Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time once again for a practice watch along on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst on a Tuesday evening, this time in advance of the Crimson Tide's upcoming road trip to Starkville, where it will take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Get the uh, coffee ready coming up on Saturday night. Going to be a late one, 8 o'clock Central or so, your kickoff for the Bulldogs and the Tide. And as typically the case this time of the football season, especially as Alabama gets into late September and understanding that a bye week isn't on the horizon until the end of October, Nick Saban lightening the physical load for his team on Monday. Therefore, no practice video from Monday, not a day off for Alabama, but saving some tread on the tires again for a team that'll go essentially two-thirds of the season before it gets to its open date. So what we have to work with on this edition of Practice Watch Along is about a minute and a half of footage. But as you know, we'll, we'll stretch it out. We'll make it work. We'll get a lot of stuff in here and just a little bit of footage. And we'll start with the Alabama inside linebackers as we get it going here. And that's a big question mark, as we know, with Deontay Lawson, his status very much up in the air for Saturday's game at State. And so as you look at the footage here in the still shot, you see Robert Bala, the inside linebackers coach. That's Ian Jackson there up first. And then you'll see over to the right just a little bit Kendrick Blackshire. I think over to the left, you've got Jihad Campbell, and also you'll see Sean Murphy. So just a few of these guys in this clip. Not much footage of the inside linebackers. I was surprised there was actually any of the inside linebackers, to be honest with you. But the challenge this week is Woody Marks for Mississippi State. He's an outstanding running back, a veteran running back for the Bulldogs. He is a guy in the late Mike Leach's offense more of a receiver than a 15 to 20 carry a game option in the run game. But with Zach Arnett now in as the first year head coach for state, more of a traditional approach, at least modern day traditional, if that makes any sense, but similar concepts to what you'll see from say Alabama's offense. So you'll see zone runs. You'll see more of a commitment to the run game. You'll see Mark's probably somewhere between 12 to 15 carries. Now, in an ideal situation, he's having success Saturday night, and he gets up over 15 carries. He only had 12 carries last Saturday night at South Carolina. Now, Mississippi State did some serious damage through the air with Will Rogers and Tulu Griffin specifically. But again, Marks is a guy as the SEC's second leading rusher right now, has a healthy yards per carry, average. And so that's where it'll start for Alabama's inside linebackers. And maybe you see more base this week. I don't think we'll see a ton of 12 personnel from Mississippi State. So I think it'll still be a heavy nickel. But when I say heavy nickel, I think the big nickel will be in play because State will want to try to run the football early and then get into a play action passing game. But for these inside linebackers, 
probably not as much of a concern this week either about the quarterback's legs. You had to take that into account the last couple of weeks with USF and Ole Miss. Will Rogers pretty much going to do most of his work from the pocket. They'll sprint him out on occasion, try to get him out on the corner when they need to convert, say, a third and three. But if Will Rogers is running, that's typically a good thing for the opposing defense. So inside linebackers, whether it's Jihad Campbell, whether it's Kendrick Blackshire, whether it's Trez Marshall, whether it's likely a combination of all three, if Deontay Lawson can't go this week, they'll be keyed up on Woody Marks. And so as we run it here, we run the video here, you'll see Ian Jackson working on trying to get that football out. And then we quickly transition into some tight end and uh, edge defender work, uh, working with some of these guys. You got to be careful with some of this footage too, because the scout team numbers can get you, you know, you think some guys are Alabama guys when in actuality, they're already in scout team numbers, helping to give a look to some of the, uh, the first and second team guys that are going to be in the rotation on a weekly basis. Here we see, as we get to the 17 second mark, Couple of the defensive linemen working on getting the ball out. There you see Justin Aboigby, also Tim Smith. And whereas a lot of last weekend, last Saturday against Ole Miss was certainly about Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell and how impactful they were, I thought it was a very encouraging outing for Alabama's defensive line as a whole. Tim Smith, a sack and a half in the game. Justin Aboigby, multiple tackles. You had five Alabama defensive linemen that, in my opinion, showed up at various times in the football game. In terms of consistency, I'd probably go with Tim Keenan as the guy that play in, play out, seemed to make the biggest impact. He had the three quarterback hurries of Jackson Dart last Saturday. But again, steady play from five guys, whether you're talking about Tim Smith or Justin Aboigby or Damon Payne, also uh, Jaheim Otis, obviously, and of course, Keenan as well. So confidence building performance, I would think, for the Alabama defensive line in that win over Ole Miss. And now we get into the outside linebackers. I don't think this guy needs a lot of confidence right now. I think he's doing just fine. That's Dallas Turner picking up some national award recognition here during the early week as he prepares for Mississippi State. And some of the things we saw against Ole Miss that are just going to be even more beneficial, I think, to guys like Turner and Braswell is if Alabama is able to consistently get some push and some pass rush from those interior guys, that's just going to single up Turner and Braswell more maybe in some edge opportunities. As we saw late in the game, those guys were still pretty fresh too. Uh, Alabama in the second half did a pretty good job of getting off the field. So when the game was really on the line late, Turner and Braswell appeared to be, from a stamina perspective, in a better place than, say, Ole Miss's offensive tackles because they were starting to get wins easier and easier. And also, because Keenan and Smith and some of those interior guys had factored enough, you would see Ole Miss doubling Keenan on occasion. Boy, if that starts to happen on a regular basis, the, the quarterback pressure numbers for guys like Turner and Braswell, well, they could be astronomical by the end of the season. As we continue to move the tape here, you see Jordan Renaud working through there with the defensive linemen, coming through their hips there, stacking, getting off those sleds. 
Uh, and, you know, I think also when we talk about pass rush for Alabama's edge and defensive linemen where Mississippi State is concerned, the last two games, State has given up four sacks apiece in losses to LSU in South Carolina. So I think even uh, this week, you're going to have pressure opportunities. Now, look, State threw it 48 times. That's you know, that's 50-plus dropbacks against South Carolina. So four sacks on 50-plus dropbacks, that's what you ought to be shooting for if you're a defense. And as we run it here at the 35-second mark, you see some of the offensive linemen. And this week, I think the challenge for Alabama up front is that you do have guys like Jaden Crumity, Nathan Pickering up front for Mississippi State that can prove problematic. Pickering can be a playmaker at times. Then at the inside linebacker positions, you have Jet Johnson, you have Nathaniel Watson. So some legitimate dudes. I'd say more so than any defense Alabama has seen to date other than Texas Mississippi State, when you talk about DLs and also inside linebackers, more capable than USF and certainly more capable than Middle Tennessee. So I think part of the question mark this week for the Alabama offense is how will Zach Arnett go about scheming for this Alabama offense? Do you bring pressure? Arnett is a proponent of bringing numbers on more than just a few occasions. So do you blitz? Jalen Milrow, do you rush three or four, which has been a pretty popular concept? Leave a spy in the middle of the field, see if he feels some ghost pressure early and looks to ditch? Or do you want to keep him in the pocket? Make him read coverage and hope that he throws it to you, something he's done in each of his last two starts. What we saw from Ole Miss was a willingness to give up the check down, essentially. If Jalen could get to his check down, Ole Miss was willing to give that up. That kind of goes against what Arnett likes to do defensively. He likes to get after guys. He tried that last week against Spencer Rattler. And Rattler, and really the previous two quarterback states saw before Rattler, Jaden Daniels, Jaden Delora for Arizona. They made State pay with their legs. Those three quarterbacks combined to rush for over 150 yards in the last three games. So different ways to go about it, but I would certainly expect Jalen Milrow to continue to be involved in the design run game. But when he throws the football, I think one of the more intriguing aspects of Saturday's game will be how does State go about defending Jalen the passer versus Jalen, the runner. So we run it here and we get into some more of the edge guys. There you saw Dallas Turner. There you see Q Robinson, Keanu Coote. And it was a lot of Chris Braswell and Dallas Turner last week. A big nickel game for Alabama in that win over Ole Miss. So you didn't quite see the situational packages, or at least it didn't seem like you saw them as much as far as dime and rabbits and uh, guys like Q Robinson and Ole Miss can make that difficult because they will work at pace. And in the background there, you see Keon Keeley, Quay Rousseau. You get some questions from time to time about, hey, where are these five stars that Alabama signed? Well, they got five stars on the field. You know, it's a good problem that Alabama has right now, especially for Coleman Hutzler, the position coach. And you think about the last time Alabama went to Starkville, didn't have much trouble getting pressure 
on Will Rogers, sacking him seven times. Now, again, different offense this time around. Alabama, in previous games against Mike Leach coached offenses for state, played more zone than you'll typically see a Nick Saban defense play. But it was very effective because Alabama was able to get pressure organically through the pass rush. And it played a big role in the last three appearances for Will Rogers in this series, throwing five interceptions, and he was absolutely hammered again the last time Alabama went over to Stark Vegas. So there you see Coot, you see Robinson, and then we get into the wide receivers here at the 44-second mark. There's Ja'Cory Brooks coming off his first reception of the season. Of course, had the big special teams play, his second block punt as a member of the Crimson Tide. Working here with Jermaine Burton, just uh, getting some separation here on the route, working the feet and that offhand a little bit. A couple of young receivers there and Shaz Preston and Cole Adams. Here come Brooks and Burton again. Interesting stuff with Burton in that the three games that Jalen Milrow has started at quarterback, Jermaine Burton has caught a pass of 48 yards or more in each of those three games. Did it again with the 54-yarder last week against Ole Miss. And it's a Mississippi State secondary that has been an absolute mess to this point. You look at the last two games, and even really the Arizona game. Delora threw four picks in that game for Arizona, so that was the silver lining for State. But in the two games that followed against LSU and South Carolina, State's back end was absolutely shredded. Knew that was going to be a sore spot for this Mississippi State defense going into the season because you don't have an Emmanuel Forbes back there. You don't have a Martin Emerson type. You do have Marcus Banks, the Alabama transfer, and in the games I've watched anyway, Marcus has kind of been one of the few guys that, that hasn't been absolutely savaged in coverage, so good for him. But otherwise, just last week, uh, Spencer Rattler only needed 20 passes to throw for nearly 300 yards. Now, you had a shootout both ways. Both quarterbacks lit it up. But again, Jaden Daniels and Spencer Rattler more accomplished passers at this point than is Jalen Milrow. Some of the things that South Carolina was able to do last week, when Mississippi State brought pressure, they were able to hit that crosser and turn it into explosive plays. And speaking of explosive plays, as we roll it here at the 56-second mark, and we see Desmond Ricks, the true freshman corner, working in individual drills, going up and high-pointing a ball there for you as Trey Amos watches on there. Tulu Griffin went off against South Carolina last Saturday night and really did it entirely from the slot. So when you think about matchups for Alabama and assuming again that State is in 11 personnel a good bit, which with Tulu Griffin working in the slot, why wouldn't you be? Because you can get that matchup with his speed and his explosiveness against a sub-package defender there in the slot, and it was a rough one for South Carolina's star position and safeties with Tulu Griffin not only torching South Carolina in the vertical game, but he also did it after the catch, which makes sense because this guy is also a heck of a kickoff return guy. You got to deal with him there as well. 
And it's not that State doesn't have a couple of solid receivers on the outside because in Xavion Thomas and Justin Robinson, previously at the University of Georgia, they've got some pretty good receivers. Not what I would call dynamic or electric, but the guy you truly have to concern yourself with is Tulu Griffin working from that slot. That means when Alabama is in its nickel package, Malachi Moore has been outstanding through four games. He'll have some of Tulu Griffin on his plate. But I think where you have an advantage for this Alabama secondary is that your corners right now are playing at such a high level with Kool-Aid McKinstry and also Terry and Arnold that perhaps you can put a safety over the top of Tulu Griffin and kind of send some help his way and limit those explosive plays. And he didn't just do it against South Carolina. I mean, 256 yards against South Carolina is a season for some guys. But he's also had some other good games. He had a two-touchdown catch game a few weeks ago as well. So he'll be a guy, certainly, that's being talked about a lot around the Alabama facility this week. As we run it here with about a minute into Tuesday's practice footage, there's a guy uh, that we didn't hear as much about against Ole Miss that could have a big week against that Mississippi State secondary. That's Isaiah Bond, of course. Another guy we didn't really see much of as far as receiving production is concerned against Ole Miss and Malik Benson. And here is Jermaine Burton again coming off the huge play he made there early in the second half against Ole Miss and that great adjustment he made on that deep ball from Jalen Milrow to spark that Alabama offense in the third quarter. There's Milrow and Ty Simpson here as we're a minute and 17 seconds into the footage. There you see Amari Nyblack, Dylan Lonergan over here to the right, the freshman quarterback. Certainly Milrow in the second half was more along the lines of what Alabama needs him to be to win a championship of some kind down the road. That was the Jalen Milrow Alabama can win at a high level with. And then also credit to Ty Simpson because he comes in for a two-point conversion, gets the job done, a little bit of a shaky shotgun snap off of his chest, but he maintained his poise for the most part and was able to run that quarterback draw, get past a couple of Ole Miss defenders and into the end zone to give Alabama a 17-7 lead. And there's going to be a lot of chatter about Milrow this week. No doubt about it. Making his first road start. Of course, he didn't make the start at South Florida. Uh, it's going to be a night game in Starkville. You wonder how much that late of a kickoff helps or hurts the home team. Because tailgating, everything that goes with it, you can wear yourself out by 8 o'clock Central. And also, this is a state team on a two-game losing streak. This isn't a state team coming in undefeated with the chances of knocking off Alabama for the first time since Nick Saban's first season really at the top of its realistic to-do list. That isn't to say Mississippi State can't win this football game. If Alabama gets upside down in turnover margin, it is absolutely vulnerable anywhere. Bryant-Denny Stadium, Davis Wade, wherever. So as we wrap it up here at about the 122 mark of the footage, we're back into the DLs. There's Hunter Osborne, the young defensive lineman for Alabama, going through some drills. Yeah, working on that hand placement, trying to keep his chest clean. You got to win early with those hands if you're these big dudes because these offensive linemen, if they get their hands where they want them first, 
it's going to be tough to overcome that. There you see him working there with Damon Payne, who, again, we also saw some nice things from him in that win over Ole Miss. And we wind things up here. We're going to take a look at Yonsei Pierre. Look at Chris Braswell there in the background to the right. It's really striking. The physical transformation that guy has continued to undergo. That's a big dude now. That's a legit 250, 255-pound defensive end. I know he's an outside linebacker in Alabama scheme, but as he's shown you, he can hold up physically now when Alabama wants to keep both those outside linebackers out there, even on early downs. And he certainly looks the part these days. Anyway, we roll it here as we wrap it up. It's Yonsei Pierre, and as we talked about with Keon Keeley and Quay Roussel earlier, I think it's a luxury in a lot of ways that you're able to essentially take this season assuming that you stay healthy with Braswell and also Turner. These guys can develop at a reasonable pace, especially a couple of these guys that didn't get on campus until early June. So keep those expectations high for the future where Pierre and Keeley and Roussel are concerned. But I think, again, it's a good thing you're not counting on true freshmen to give you something in the edge pass rush. All right, as we get out of here, I want to remind you to hang out with us at BamaOnline.com. Some big men's basketball news earlier on Tuesday. Aiden Sherrill, the five-star center from Prolific Prep out in Napa, California, commits to the Crimson Tide. That's another five-star picked up by Nate Oates. And there's still some others out there, including Darian Reed, Cheryl's high school teammate at Prolific Prep. Now, Reed is a Georgia native. And if you look at his profile there with us at On3, you'll see the Georgia Bulldogs very much in that mix as well. But who knows? Maybe you're going to get a twofer from Prolific Prep in a couple of top 30 players for the class of 2024 in a wing in Darian Reed. We'll keep an eye on him. But certainly the huge news, the pickup of Aiden Sherrill, a guy who can play in the post, a guy who can handle it on the perimeter, a guy who can shoot the three. Very, very versatile player for his size. With that, we're going to call it a wrap. For the latest practice watch along, Travis Ryer thanking you for joining us once again on the YouTube and podcast homes. For BamaOnline.com, post up with us on the roundtable there at BamaOnline.com. That's where you're going to find out everything first as it relates to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, so long, everybody.